Welcome to Leaders in Conversation. Today, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Karen Dobres. Karen, tell us a little bit about who you are as a leader and a champion for women. Thank you, Annie. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm co-director of Lewis Football Club, which is the only football club in the world to actually pay women the same as men. It's a groundbreaking, pioneering club. I'm really proud and privileged to be an elected director there. The club's 100% community owned. Everybody that owns it pays £40 a year to have a share in the club um, and gets to vote directors on. And basically the ownership scheme informs the club's policies. So we're a campaigning club using football as a vehicle for social change. Hence the gender equality message that we send out. Brilliant. There are two things there that I'd like to pick up, Karen. One is the gender equality and the other is the wholly owned by the community. And ask you about, firstly, gender equality and what got you into being so passionate about gender equality, particularly in sport. I've always been very aware, I think, of unfairness and injustice in society and people being excluded, unfairly excluded from certain environments and and power sharing, really. I mean, I think it I think it goes back to my school days. I went to a comprehensive school where I was as a white person, I was in a minority. And um I learnt how I was still racist, um, even though I didn't feel I was racist. But in terms of my position in society, once I was outside of the school gates, I had the power over my black friends. And I understood that and learned that from an early age. And I'm very, very grateful for that, for that learning um, about, you know, the power, the way power is divided in society. And I, I really kind of understood that. And as I got older and um, started to go, you know, to say, let's say the workplace and university, I really felt that as a woman, um, the power wasn't wasn't in my court, as it were. Uh, and um, and this was a surprise to me because I was, you know, I had a sister. I didn't have brothers at home and um, we were always treated fairly by my parents. And um, I... I was surprised when I was seen as lower than anyone else because of my gender. Um, but it soon became quite normal for me. I think it is with, with a lot of women. We, we can see that from the hashtag Me Too movement and the hashtag Time's Up movement, how many women experience this kind of, I suppose I'm talking about everyday sexism. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so I suppose that's why uh gender equality has been very important to me um and then if you if we think about sport sport is a huge index of meaning and value to so many people if you think about football in particular there are nearly four billion football fans around the world who live and breathe football and it has an incredible influence over their hearts and minds so if we can use football which is um, and a lot of those fans are male if we can use football um to influence a more equal society in terms of gender and race and all of these things um then we will have been using it 
for good and we will have an incredible impact. There's, a, there's an academic from the 1970s, an American one called Jane English, who said, uh, uh, this is off the top of my head, it's something like, if women can achieve the same um, fame and fortune in sport as men, then we will see a more equal society. But in, until they do, um, you know, that things aren't going to be equal. So I think whilst we see only male sporting heroes, we are sending the message to little boys and girls that um, women aren't strong and powerful. Women are not as able, dynamic and active as men. And um, and also to boys, you know, that really their role is to be tough, strong and winning all the time. And these are very damaging messages. And I think that if we can change things in sport, in football as the most popular sport, then we will definitely change the way that girls and boys and women and men are seen in, in society. And that's why um, I, I really feel privileged and excited by my role at, at Lewis Football Club. Amazing. Well, you are a real champion for Lewis Football Club and for women in sport. And you're very much a mouthpiece for gender equality and for the difference that it can make, Karen. Well, well, well I love it, Annie. I, I love it. <laughs> the thing that got me into it was my own... It was kind of like a, a revelation in myself, really, because as a woman, I, I, um, or as a, let's say as a girl, let's start with with girlhood. Um, I'd, I'd never thought football was for me. I'd seen the boys playing football on on the top field where we were at school, and the girls were always kind of squashed into the sidelines playing hopscotch or chatting, you know, just chatting to each other. And um, the boys had all this space which if you like is an early example of manspreading. I mean, if you look into playgrounds around the world, even now you'll see the boys accidentally and inadvertently manspreading, right? And the, playing football. And the girls will all be, um, you know, chatting and playing uh, uh, games that don't take up so much space. And this... Um, you know, you just have to look at that to think about the patterns we're setting for the future. But anyway, so as a girl, I was kind of encouraged to play netball, actually, because I'm very tall, Annie. <laughs> I'm very tall. Yes, I and they know thought, you you'll, are. You'll, you'll be a good goalkeeper, goal scorer or defender, they thought. They were wrong, Annie. I was rubbish at netball. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely rubbish. And um, But I wasn't encouraged, really, to play to play many sports at all. I, I, you know, I was more academic and I got some, you know, some value from, from being seen as good at, as good at uh, sort of English or languages or whatever I, I was good at. And um, I didn't bother about sport and I wasn't encouraged to bother about sport at all. And then growing up and going into sort of work, there were sort of golf days that, that men would go on and, and they could, talked to, to each other about football around the water cooler and I couldn't join in because I I thought fo football made me feel bored really and uncomfortable it made me switch off as a woman just thought you know that's not for me that's not something I'm interested in and if it's on the telly I'd, I'd turn it over you know uh, and I went out with the with boyfriends who were into it but I just ignored it and then eventually I met my husband-to-be and he was a Southend season ticket holder and um, 
you know, I went to a couple of matches. Again, I wasn't all that interested. I remember him saying he's got tickets for something at Wembley one night. And I thought, great, we're going to see Madonna. But actually, <laughs> we ended up, see- yeah, we ended up seeing England versus USA, Annie. I was so disappointed. I was, <laughs> and, and, the, and the reason I was disappointed, it wasn't a place for women. I was in these terraces watching these men kicking a ball around a vast green field. And there were sort of men getting very worked up around me and shouting things at the field. Like, you know, if a man fell over, it would be, get up, you tart, you know, things like that. And it, it felt, it felt demeaning to me and, and and it felt like I wasn't included in, in this conversation. So I switched off and it wasn't until years later. And by the, by then I'd moved to Lewis to live and I'd heard about Lewis football club because again, my husband was very involved in football and very much enjoyed it. But I, I was still, you know, I thought it was a men's thing and I would just switch off. But um, when he said to me, you know, the club are thinking of paying the women's team the same as the men's. What what do you think about that? Because um, because I've always been interested in 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 sort of feminist issues, I suppose. Um, I said, well, won't the men be cross if they have their pay lowered for the women? Won't won't that cause outrage? He said, no, no, no. We're not going to lower the men's. We're going to raise the women's budget to match the men's. Then I said, well, what you mean the women get paid less routinely? And he said, yeah. And I said, what, you mean the women play football? That's how much of a sexist I was, Annie, right? I, I really didn't even know that there was a yeah. women's team that played down at the dripping pan at that point. I'd always thought football was a men's game. And it made me wake yeah. up to myself and, and my attitudes, you know, and think, hang on, all this time I've I've been, um, you know, going about my life, uh, <laughs> you know, doing whatever work I'd been doing. Uh, not realising that women played football. And this is really symptomatic of my own social conditioning as a, as a person, never mind a woman. And I want to go down to the dripping pan and, and watch these women play football and see what this is all about. What have I been missing and why don't I know about these women? So I went along down to the Dripping Pan, which is the, obviously the name of Lewis FC's ground down down at Mountfield Road. And so called because, by the way, the monks that in the nearby Priory Ruins used to pan for salt there. So their pans would be dripping. Um, so I went down to the Dripping Pan. Yeah. And I watched these women play football. And there weren't many people there. There were about 100 people there at this point. And I'd gone on my own, which as a woman, I, I didn't usually go on my own to many places apart from maybe shopping. I was usually out with, you know, my family or friends. And I'd gone on my own to this public place. And I got chatting to the people next to me. There was a man and there was a woman. And I watched the women play. And I was I was amazed by the spectacle I saw. I saw these young women between the ages of about, I'd say, 17 and 30, sweating, running, strong, eyes on the ball, um, playing in a team, not giving a damn about what they look like uh, and trying desperately to win, you know, using their bodies in this really purposeful, dynamic way. And it was totally different to watching men play. Because men, wow. we see, well, we see men 
in public all the time being strong. But how often do we see role models like this in a public place? This is this is so important, I think, because I think one thing that was really important for me was I have a, a daughter who's now 21. And at the time, she was probably about 17. And she and her friends would be around at my kitchen table at that point quite a lot, chatting and being very confident and assertive, and we'd have great chats. And then I'd see them in public sort of shrinking away, uh, whether it was at a gathering or or on Instagram, you know, another public, albeit virtual, a public-facing space. And they'd be kind of posing uh, in nightclub toilets, you know, with with kind of boob tubes on and I, I I'd like it but I think that's not who they are that's not who they really are and why do they have to do this in public to get attention uh whereby you know these women playing football were were showing how you can be strong as a woman in a public place um and and being brilliant brilliant role models they weren't they weren't people that were going to take no for an answer. They were people that were going to look at that ball and get it in that goal and barge through anyone that told them otherwise. And I loved it, you know, I loved it. And that, to me, it was an epiphany, really. I I, I thought, you know, that, so that was, that was my experience. And then after that, I had to ask myself, why were they getting paid less than the men for doing this? What's that mm. symptomatic of? And that, that opened up a whole new can of worms, really. And one which absolutely called to you by the sound of it, and you've got behind and been voted in as co-director and are championing equal pay and gender equality, not only in football, but in sport, Karen. Yeah, well, I mean, someone's got to do it, Annie. You know, the thing is, the thing is in life, you know, when, when you see something... That, that that needs doing. Sometimes you've got to, you know, put your washing up gloves on, roll up your sleeves and get on with it. <laughs> and the thing, the thing is, I, I I was outraged. I mean, I'm a natural communicator, really. I, I, I like telling people about things. I, I like PR and a lot of people yes. don't. And I like, you know, I when I've got a cause, it gives me confidence. You know, it gives me confidence. Yes. So I, I, um, I thought, okay, now that Lewis FC is doing this amazing, you know, global, <laughs> global thing that that people that no one else on this planet is doing, we need to tell people about it because the criticism, the criticism that that the club got was, well, you can't pay women the same as the men because no one likes women's football and the crowds don't come. Right. And this is true. This was true. This criticism was actually true. Not that women, people didn't like it, but that the crowds weren't coming. So with Lewis FC men at that point, you'd get about 450 people coming to a match. This is in 2017. And with Lewis FC women, you'd get about 120 coming to a match. Now, two seasons later, we've got an average of 586 people coming to a women's match, which is more or less aligned to the men who are on around 600. How has this happened? It's happened because we have gone and told people about this groundbreaking equality initiative and the people that we've told or that I've told have been women, right? And this is, this is really important because 
at that point I said right I want going back to my story I said I want to get involved I want to yeah. help this women's team and they said that's brilliant because we need a woman to go and tell other women about it and a lot of us here are men and I said okay I'm going to do that so I took it upon myself to go to women's groups and tell them ask them to come in solidarity with the cause because I said to these women's groups do you know for example that in football the prize for the FA Cup for the winning men's team is 3.6 million and the prize for the winning women's team is is um 25,000 do you know that a male footballer in the Premier League gets paid in a week what a woman footballer in the same kind of category in the Super League will get paid in in a year, more than a year, like take more than a year to get that kind of money. Yeah. I, I, I found out things when I when I started to get involved in football, I found out things that made me more and more determined. I found out that even the lionesses, who are the women who represent our country at football and who have done so well, even they sometimes can't go out and afford a cappuccino. Right. Whereas, you know how much male footballers get paid and you know that the stars of male football can afford, never mind a cappuccino, limousines, jacuzzis, second, third, fourth, fifth homes. I, I, you know, it's just the, dif the disparity, the gender based disparity in football is so criminal and so vast that I think it, if you can change things in football, then you really can probably change things everywhere and it just makes me so excited so I, I was telling all these women I was going to the Women's Institute and I was going to you know feminist groups in Brighton and I was telling Lewis Women in Business and I was telling so many different groups Brighton Women's Centre, the Girls Network, groups that I thought would be interested in this campaigning football club and they started to come to matches and our crowds and and I told also I told the radio you know I told various people who who then said you know please come and come and report on on football every week for us and I said well I will do but you do understand I don't know that much about football and they said listen nor does our audience for the afternoon show it's the blind leading the blind but please come and do it we're interested because of the equality policy and I said oh that's amazing yeah, so, I mean, more and more people, that there's a thirst, Annie, there's a thirst yes. to do the right thing, you know? there's a, people, people don't put enough store by justice and kindness and these values that will actually carry us forward as a, as a society. And when you tell people about them, they want to get behind you. You know, they want, yes. but, you know, purely capitalistic values haven't worked for so long now, I think, you know, we, we, we get into one muddle after another with them that there's really a thirst to do something else. Now, I would tell people what Lewis Football Club are doing and they would then come to our matches and they would come again. And this is the crucial thing. They wouldn't just come once. Once they'd come once, they'd get turned on to it. They'd get interested in it and they'd come again. So what I then had to work on was how to make the match environment welcoming welcoming yes. for, for, for women so that there weren't men shouting you know get up you tar or, or whatever at, at the pitch <laughs> and that there but instead there were things that that these new women would relate to and would feel comfortable
comfortable in to bring their families and and to kind of enjoy themselves as a as a nice day out. So by this time, you know, I was working with everyone at the club and um, thinking about how to market these games, how to make the the match day experience. Um, valuable and interesting and fun for women and so we changed things up and we did things wrong and we did things right for example we you know we introduced Prosecco on tap at the bar and and that that went down very well actually and then we um, (laughs) we introduced yeah we introduced a nail bar to paint your nails red and black because red and black are the rooks colors that didn't go down so well because it just took too long and it was distracting um but then we introduced um vegan pies with gravy and mash that went down very well and uh chanting workshops you know pre-match chanting workshops because one thing we realized is a lot of these new fans haven't learned how to chant for their team they have you know because boys often learn by osmosis through their dads but girls don't get taken to football matches so often and so women also it's quite alien to a lot of women to kind of shout and take that stance where you feel strong like a warrior and and get that lower register and then shout for these women on the pitch you know um but it's so it's such a wonderful feeling to do it and do it in unison with with the with the fans around you it's so powerful and it's so um powerful for the for the women on the pitch but powerful for for the fans men and women in the terraces um to feel so connected and um yeah we had a great time kind of making up chants for our women (laughs) and uh, (laughs) then um rehearsing as it were in the stand you know there were so many you can have so much fun with football I mean we got speakers in to, to to do a talk before a match so that people could um you know have have another angle in if you like to encourage people into the dripping pan um really connecting football with culture again because of the community ownership but actually also because football should be for everybody and it really is something to bring the community together taking it back to its roots that's what it was for football was to give the community something to do in the winter when you couldn't play cricket which you played in the summer you know they brought they brought football in um in fact even taking it back further football was um one village used to try and get the ball to another village before the other village got it to their village so it was a game where which kind of you got behind your village and you you put yourself up against another village it just brings communities together in in a really great spirit I think of um well in particular in the women's game it's a very supportive spirit a very inclusive spirit and a spirit which encourages um people to get behind people that all of our players you know stop and autograph uh, for young girls and boys after matches and will be happy to have a chat and with women footballers you know you even support the other team I mean you're you're competing with them on the pitch but you know how hard it is to be a woman in football so you will kind of champion and support the other team as well which I think is an incredible sporting spirit and oh my god personally I have learned so much from women's football and I don't even play it Annie so (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I, I feel totally excited listening to you Karen and and excited not only for 
the women who are inspiring other women, but also globally, I'm curious, have other football clubs followed your lead in this? Are there other football clubs that have got that gender equality of pay and other football clubs that are in service of the community in the same way? So to answer that question, there are a lot of football clubs. They tend to be non-league clubs that do have that real sense of grassroots community and you get people going day in, day out, supporting them whether they win or lose. And there's a real wonderful atmosphere where people go because you know, they're lonely and they want connection. And it's amazing what some of these really community clubs can do. I think you know, some of the top levels of men's football have lost touch with that to, to a large extent and, and money has got in the way. But to answer the other part of your question, there's no other club in the world that pays their women the same as their men. And we know this pro, I'm talking pro or semi-pro, um, and we know this for a fact. There are national teams that now do it. Shout out to Norway, South Africa and New Zealand who pay their women's team the same as the men. Amazing, wonderful, really, really unusual. The, as you, you're probably aware, that the US women's team at the moment are taking their own federation to court because of the way that they are paid, which is much less than the men, even though they've won more and they do better. That's a travesty, but it's kind of, you know, normal in football. We're the only team in the world to do this. We would like to influence other clubs we would yes. really, really like to. And we won an award last September from UN Women UK for being inspirational in the field of gender equality. This is called a He for She Award, and it's about male allies. And what that means is, as you're probably aware, is men who are aware of the privilege they have speaking up on behalf of women because they understand that a fairer society benefits all of us and more diverse and inclusive society is actually a much stronger and much more sustainable one so because we operate in the field of football we won this award because we have so many conversations with men and it's not easy yes. Annie we, we have difficult conversations with men and I think that's what was being honoured no just to say though that the reason that they gave give us this award was because they would like us to influence other clubs right? Because they understand how important football is to communities and to people generally. So the way that we are trying to do that now, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment, and we can't yeah. actually have any matches. But we can still, we're in a, actually in an unusually strong position as a football club. And this is a, probably a very strange thing to say at the moment. But because of our 100% community ownership, we have a stream of revenue coming in, despite the lack of revenue from match days which is where yes. we also get revenue and a lot of clubs rely on that. We also have this extra stream, which is from our ownership. So we want to be an exemplary football club acting on a world stage, right? And we have all the credentials to do that. What we don't have at the moment is the sway. But this is the genius thing that I hope is going to happen. We want to create a movement via our ownerships. Now, at the moment, we have almost 1,600 owners in 26 countries around the world. So bear in mind, a lot of these people can't come to any of our matches, that they are owning us in solidarity with, with equality. However, if we can get to 5,000 owners, right, we become sustainable. 
if we can get to more than 150,000 owners, we become the most owned football club in the world, more owned than Barcelona. Okay, I I'd love this to happen. I feel very competitive about this, but hopefully in a good way. Um, if we can become more owned, let's say get to 5,000 to 10,000 owners, we will have the money that will go into the game quality, right? Buying great players, buying great infrastructure, buying great coaches. And we can climb up those leagues and we can have the biggest platform possible for our equality message. So proving the concept to other clubs and influencing them, basically, telling them that equality works. What I'm saying is that this equality campaigning and the football that we actually play goes hand in hand. The more we can go up the leagues, the bigger our platform for equality. The more we can get owners through our equality campaigning, the more we can climb the leagues. So they're working together in a, in a I think it's a completely genius way to make us huge influencers. <laughs> We've got to think globally. I mean, this pandemic, if it's teaching us anything, is that how connected we all are how the actions of one person or one community uh, eating a bats in a, in a market can affect the whole world. This is just an example. I thoroughly believe we are global citizens. I thoroughly believe that. One of our um, sistership organisations, I formalised my talking to women's groups into this thing called sisterships. One of them has the, the University of Sussex, This Girls Can group, has this, this expression that they use, which is, Glocal, right? So it's global and local. Glo glocal. And, and, and I love glocal because I think that's right. what we are. You know, we, we act locally in this football club. We do what we can at the dripping pan and we work on the pitch really, really hard. But our actions are vibrating around the whole world and we want to bring the world with us and we can we have this i think we have this really exciting vehicle at lewis football club and we and we have the right people there as well people that are thinking in a way that's um i think revolutionary we are on the brink of something here annie and i'm just so excited about it i really do think we can influence other clubs and get them to pay these women footballers who have been taking crumbs from the men's table for old my goodness, so long, even though they train and work just as hard, these brilliant women who will accept it because they'll they'll do it for the passion, you know, they'll accept being paid less. No, we don't want them to be paid less. We don't want them to accept it. We want them to be valued as the heroes they really are. And um, I think that if we can increase our ownerships, get more people to buy into Lewis Football Club and to own a football club. I mean, how cool, own a football club. Buy it for someone for their birthday, you know, buy it as a present for someone. Own a football club. Um, we can all together, we can all, you know, take responsibility for this and, and be an example that people will look to around the world. They're starting to look, but we need to be bigger. We need to get going, you know, we really need to be bigger. And my goodness, if we start being top of the Super League and then bring our men's team up as well people will take notice and they'll start making changes accordingly mark my words mark my words <laughs> <laughs> totally Karen well I'm marking your words and I'm also thinking and hoping that this our leaders in conversation podcast in and of itself will spread the word far and wide it's one of the reasons that I'm doing this series of podcasts and talking with people like yourself who 
are thinking local, as you call it. I love that expression too. And it's so exciting and so important at this time. You mentioned a couple of really important values to you, those of justice and kindness. And I they are so important to us right now and especially as we live through this pandemic and it would be great to hear more about what and who has shaped your values as well as what you've already shared about the gender diversity and your experience of of, of the lack of that in your growing up i've always felt like a bit of a bit of an outsider a little bit different, a little bit excluded. I know what it's like to feel not included, um, either because I, I don't know, I've been a bit too academic, or I've been a bit too odd looking, or I've been a bit, I mean, I'm just being honest with you, Annie. Uh, I've been, so at school, as I said, I was in a minority being white. And then I went to Germany for a year and I was, you know, the English one, which was fine. None of these things are terrible, but I do know what it's like to feel on the outside. I went to Bristol University, which at that point, you know, coming from a comprehensive and going there. Again, I hadn't had these same experiences. A lot of people there who'd been to public school. In fact, I became the treasurer of the Afro-Caribbean Society there because that made me feel more at home and there weren't many afro Caribbean people there so I could be I don't know I I know what it's like not to feel included I also find it easy to include people I think growing up my mum my mum is one of 11 she's from an Irish family and we were used to having lots of cousins around and lots of people around and being kind of family and I remember when we were young she used to have me and my sister and loads of cousins and possibly the neighbours' kids on a bus together, you know, going to the to a park somewhere or something for the day. And we'd be friends with the whole bus by the end of the journey. You know, she she'd be like, These are and this is my and this is my brother's daughter's friend, and this is my neighbor's son, and this is, you know, and she'd be introducing everybody on the bus. And um I, I I assumed this was the normal way that people went about their business, you know, and um, I've always sort of thought first that everybody is my friend until until proven otherwise in life generally. Uh, so I think I, I've got a natural inclination to, to being inclusive as a person um, and, and being welcoming. Uh, and I also know what it's like not to feel included and to feel excluded. So I think that's why I am interested in in including people that were previously unwelcome to football into football. My background, as you know, Annie, is in in counselling. And I think uh, as a counsellor, I chose the kind of counselling that I felt most suited for as a person, which was person-centred counselling to practice. And that was centred around the values of empathy, congruence and and unconditional positive regard. And I feel as a person, empathy feels like a very important thing because if you can empathise with someone and at least make the effort to empathise with someone, then you make them feel valued as they should be valued. Everyone has a value. It's a very strong belief of mine. And then congruence is about really being yourself. Um, And I... um, I think it's very important to be ourselves, flaws and all, so that we are 
you know, so that we're not encouraging the young girls in particular, because as a woman, I know that I, I, I'm inevitably a role model for, for girls um, to be perfect. They don't need to be perfect before they can open their mouth, before they can put a job application in, before they can go to an interview. They just need to be themselves. Quite often it's the things that, that you think are wrong about you that are the things that are uh, the most important and the most valuable for what your mission is in life, if you like. You know, um, like if, if you think thinking about myself right now, working in football, I mean, what a cheek, right? What a cheek <laughs> I've got. You know, I, I, I'm a terror. I talk about imposter syndrome. There's no syndrome here. I'm an actual imposter, right? In football. I mean, I go into meetings with men and and I or or Zoom meetings now, uh, or I go into football matches. Now I go to some men's matches, you know, and and um I, I'm I'm aware that I, I look different, I, I probably speak. I, the things I say are different. That my, my kind of comments about the match will be from a different perspective. And, and a bad day, I probably still do think, what am I doing here? And I feel a bit, what's the word, shy. But, um, mm. but not that often, to be honest. Most of the time I think, you know what? If I can't have my place at the table, what does that say to the women around me? What does that say to the girls who are looking, they are looking all the time, you know, they're looking. So you, I, I, I really think this isn't about me. So forget your ego, Karen. You know, I, I give myself pep talks. I say, get over yourself, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> you are, you're doing this um, for a reason. You're here for a reason. You've got a point to make. You like it here. So make it better for yourself and make it better for the women and girls that are coming afterwards. So that's um, congruence. And then unconditional positive regard is really, really about respect. And I, I think respect is so important because, you know, I've been hurt. I've been I, I've been I've suffered from feeling disrespected and not, you know, not being able to speak up for myself or all these, you know, lack of confidence, um, all these things that, that women and girls in particular suffer from low self-esteem all of these things I suffer I still do Annie I still do let's be honest I you know um but I have to you know show me a bit of respect a bit of understanding um a bit of inclusion and 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 I blossom um and I know this and and I know that other people will too and that's why if you don't show me those things I will still bloody well blossom anyway because I know um that they'll <laughs> That, that it's important and that I can and that, that it's wrong not to let people blossom. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. And you are helping young girls, girls, women blossom, not only locally, but globally, Karen, through this movement of inclusivity and bringing differences in. And whoever you are, wherever you are, you are welcome, a little bit like your mum on the bus everybody was welcome and by the end of the journey everybody knew each other and was a community by the sound of it yes definitely that to me feels normal that feels what what the baseline should be people who put up walls uh people who try to divide and spread toxic hate speech and um who judge uh people by the way they look or by their sexual orientation, or by the colour of their skin, or by their age, or by their gender. Those people 
are wrong. I want to tell them why they're wrong, but I know you can't just go in and tell people why they're wrong. You have to have a conversation. And one way you can have a conversation is, you, let's say a dialogue. With a dialogue, you need something in common. And football is, is something that I have we have can have in common it gives us a common language and we can start with that language and we can say to people why it's wrong um you know not to allow women into stadiums in iran we can say why it's wrong not to pay uh the u.s women's team the same as the men and we can say why it's right that in at lewis football club we pay the women and we resource them in the same way as the men. And it's these aren't easy conversations, you know, but um, but but we we desperately need this kind of, of dialogue in the world, not just, you know, everywhere in our in our local uh, communities and around the world. Absolutely. Karen, thank you so much. I think that's a great place <laughs> to bring our yeah. conversation a close and there are so many other conversations I would love to have with you but I want to say a really big thank you for our conversation today and to encourage those of you listening to check out Lewis Football Club, check out The Dripping Pan and for anybody who would like to become an owner of the club to get in touch with the club and uh to be part of this movement in creating equality worldwide through football. Many thanks, Karen. Thank you, Annie. Just to say, if you go to our website, uh, lewisfc.com, you'll immediately see how easy it is to click and become an owner. Brilliant. Thank you, Karen.